catch me hollering at the moon. Hi there, guys. Welcome to episode five, five of the Drug Squad podcast, a podcast where we talk all things addiction. Um, as always, I'm Kieran, joined by EP and Sam at the university the other day. I got that <laughs> the wrong way around. Which is a yeah, it's an easy mistake to make to you, sir. You're about the same height. It's the only thing. It's that same height and don't get so yeah, how's 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 life been? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> Just spoke about this minute, didn't you? You really want to know? I yes. really broke my back in the gym. Yeah. So I was out of action for a bit, still working. Left my job, poisoning me mentally. Yeah. Got another job, loving it. Soon's out. That's it, really. <laughs> Life's good. Um, yeah, but hurting my back, that weren't good. Yeah, that's, what's that tired not to go to the gym or anything? I still went, didn't I? I spoke Lifting to you. too heavy weight, I think. Yeah. I nearly broke my back when <laughs> I went to the gym. My head said, then. <laughs> <laughs> But just no, do it again. Yeah, things are good. It's good. Yeah. So we've had a real positive week, haven't we, this week? Yeah. Particularly with our with our talk at the university. Mm. A lot of my dad's my dad just told us before, I did get my first um high mm. from uh, natural high. Natural, yeah, is it yeah. called a natural high? Natural high, yeah. Mm. I, I, that's I, had, I had all the same feelings as I did. That feeling when we walked out knowing that what we'd achieved sex successfully was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, good, like, really good feeling. The fact that we've done it together, do you know what I mean? And yeah. we've also kind of got clean together, we've kind of made that step together and then kind of... It was really good feedback from the uh, students, yeah. I thought. I, really I thought the students were, were really good, they, they, I, they were I really engaged. I didn't think it was going to go down as well as it did, I don't know, I think that's just self-doubt, but I didn't think it was going to go down. As I think it was important as well because it wasn't... Um, we're not here to yeah. tell you not to do, do drugs. drugs. Yeah. Just say no, <laughs> talk to Frank. It wasn't like that, was it? We were just raising awareness of... Mm-hmm. of what we're trying well, to do. You know, if you are struggling or if your friends are struggling, you know, there is other avenues you can take. Yeah, and exactly. I think when you're speaking passionately about something yeah. you believe in, it, it comes across well anyway, so... Mm-hmm. Um, it worked so, really well, I thought. Yeah, so we're back at the university on Friday, um, so we're hoping that there'll be some sort of ongoing yeah. partnership It's there. crazy, isn't it? Like, we've said it to each other, like, who would have thought that we would have been in the university talking to students? Mm-hmm about our achievements and then the project, you know, like, I wouldn't have thought about it a number of years ago, do you know, and none of us would have. No, no, it's happened in quite a short amount of time, so it's all good. So, um, a quick update about the Dynamo project. So, me and my dad met the council there on Thursday. Um, it's quite dilapidated in certain parts of the venue, so they wanted to know what work we are going to do to bring it up to where we need it and that determine mm. rates and whatnot. So, that was... That was really good. So, and we're hoping, and this isn't like a far-fetched, we're hoping to have the keys on the 1st of May. Yes, yeah, that's good. So I leave work five weeks next Friday. Are you excited? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not counting down or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I leave work on April 29th. Mm. So then I'll be there to oversee the 
change. We well, thought you were leaving here for Wednesday a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's not go into that. <laughs> so that's on the 29th of April yeah. I'll be leaving. So that's really good. So um, I'm looking forward to having my notice in. Yes. Um, so I've got to do that four weeks prior. So. Countdown now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So I'll be in there May and June, and then you guys will come over, mm. well, hopefully in July. Yeah. All being well, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, so how do you think the last last podcast went? I enjoyed it, I like Jason. Yeah. I like Jason, he's, he's good, weren't he? Yeah, I mean, I'm not like really close friends with Jason. I've only no. heard him share probably twice. Um, when I heard him share a long time ago, I weren't really with it. Um, but the last time I heard him share, I really enjoyed him. I think he's yeah. real powerful, so it's not... It depends what side you sit on, Jason, because he's hard of hearing on one side. <laughs> I think I was sat on that side, because when I was trying to speak to him, he didn't seem to acknowledge it. No, well, <laughs> or, or he was just ignoring him. He's playing, like, he's doing it to me, and I'm sitting this side. <laughs> <laughs> powerful, yeah. man. Very yeah. powerful. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what I liked. You know when we put that image on social media of him in the bed, and yeah. then his OBE from Prince Charles? I yes. just thought... That was a caption that didn't need any words. Yeah. So that's quite a powerful thing. When so he showed us the video, it was. The thing is, we shocking. see stuff like that every day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. From meetings and stuff. Yeah. Like we see them. We don't see Prince Charles every day. No, we see them, we see them achievements, don't we? Do you know, like people have come from nothing and then gone to be therapists and this and that and have these massive careers and then people from the outside world don't see that what we see. Do you know? They just think. They well, see the other celebrities. They see them yeah. people who are living like that and stay like that, you know. Um, and that's essentially what we're trying to do. We're trying yeah. to raise awareness around what potentially addicts can do yeah. once they get clean and they recover. Mm. You know, it's not like it's not like look at us, look at us, because we do talk about our failings too. Yeah. But we are capable of going on oh, and achieving things. things. Hey. I've had many failures. Oh, I've had many failures, yeah. <laughs> I'm a very flawed individual, yeah, yeah. As, as my recent weeks tell me, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm, I'm not going to go into, but we will. very flawed not, individual. Not today, we will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to my sponsor about it. Yeah. I told him, he just went, oh, well. <laughs> At least I told him. Yeah. People so, talk more about addiction and less about recovery. If someone from the blog who's not you know, doesn't suffer with anything, addiction or drugs and alcohol misuse or anything, they will say, oh, so-and-so has got a problem with addiction or addiction problems. But it's not really mentioned about the recovery, you know, people do recover. Yeah. It's sort of like to mention your recovery, you have to talk about your addiction to give mm. people that contrast. And people don't like to talk about the addiction. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So if they were just talking about their recovery and they've got a job and whatnot, that's just mm. normal yeah, yeah. stuff. Without that context of addiction, there's a lot of shame around it and yeah. a bit of embarrassment. I think that's what yeah. we're we're putting a face to a name, live on air, talking about it. I think it will it promote other people to feel they can talk about it as well. So today we have Melissa on to join us. Yes. Now this will be the first time I I've had a guest on that I don't particularly know. Well, I don't know Melissa. I only met her this morning. Maybe. Yeah, and, I, and I, that, that's what I like because that's what I quite like because with Jason and Michelle, really yeah, good friends. I met them before, yeah. Yeah, so I sort of knew where podcast would take us you know with Jason it took us quite far into yeah <laughs> which is brilliant so with this day it'd be quite good for the three of us to mm, yeah. we'll be getting to know her story at the same time as our listeners yeah of course and yeah. that I think that will be a good it's thing nice to have male and female guests on yeah um, 100% as addiction you know it affects males and females as we know it's not yeah just, it's not just a, a male thing or a boys club or anything like that recovery is Male and female, yeah. Both people get, you know, 
and I think uh, recovery for addicts is very focused, a lot focused on males. There's yeah. a lot of places for males to go to. And that's something as a project we want to look into to yeah, try and help, yeah. try and help females. Both, but yeah. it's hard with some with the women because a lot of them tend to have children. And it's it's not easy to up to down tools and, yeah. and get into an accommodation. So that's something that we're going to look into yeah. as a project to try and see if we can help we the women. Can. But we can help yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah, so good. So um, and I'll tell you what I have noticed. I sniff a lot. I've been watching the my podcast back and I'm forever. Doing yeah, that with yeah. my nose. Now I've got a big hole in my nose from like the cocaine that I sniffed, mm. and I'm always very conscious of it. So I want to really try this podcast not to sniff. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it again. I can't help it. <laughs> so um, without further ado, we'll um, we'll get Melissa on and uh, yeah, see how we get on. Melissa, how are we? <laughs> get a quick drink. Yeah, quick drink. It's not vodka, that is it? <laughs> Damn it! I'm very well, thank you. I'm really good. Yeah, I'm really good. So thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. So we know you travelled um, quite a distance this morning to join us. I did. Yeah, yeah, from the uh, sunny realms of the Black Country. So that was, I really appreciate you coming on. So, like we said it before, I don't. I don't know you, mm-hmm. Pete don't know you, and Sam don't know you. I've met Melissa a few times. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of, I guess, with Michelle and Jason, we knew yeah. a lot better. So we don't really know much about you and whatnot. And what so I think it would be good as a, as a team to we'll yeah. hear more about, about yourself. So what we want to talk about on this podcast is obviously um, a bit about yourself, your story, um, what you do now to keep yourself from going back to your old ways yeah. and what's important to you. And we'll also touch upon... The, the stigma, and I think it'd be good to get your opinion on the stigma around addiction because mm-hmm. you've got a lot more experience within the addiction world than, than us three. Yeah. So it'd be good to get your, your take on things. So I think we'll just keep it simple and start with a little bit about, you know, about who you are, what's, mm-hmm. what you're bringing, where you're from, what, why do you think you got into drugs, what drugs there were, and, and where your life was with drugs, and then we'll go into your okay. the, the recent times. Okay, thank you. Uh, okay, so um, I'm Born and bred in Birmingham, and uh, don't hold that against me. We've um, had two, two Birmingham people in a row now. One more to keep the match warm. Yeah, that's it, remedy that. <laughs> um, my, my family, um, my, you know, my family upbringing is good, solid. Um, uh, you know, they instilled in me morals and, you know, moral yeah. fibre and... Um, principles and um, my family love me um, but there is just something in me um, that um, couldn't receive that love mm. and like you guys will relate feel different don't fit in yeah, okay. um, did, then... did you ever feel like you wanted to be uh, somebody other parents yeah I my sister's 10 years older than me yeah. and, and I I thought growing up that they were going to do this big reveal at some point that she was really my mum, <laughs> even though she's only 10 years older than me. There was like no, there was no signs there to say <laughs> she's going to love that. Um, but but I'll tell you that because that kind of emphasises how different I felt mm-hmm. and um, that I just, that not, not fitting in, not feeling sort of uh, um, included. 
and that wasn't uh, the fault of my family. That's just what happens in my in my brain. I think I probably I have also have a brother who's twelve years older than me. Sorry, and I think my parents probably needed to parent me differently. Because of the age gap. Not the age gap because I'm different. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm different. I'm like this, you know, that super sensitivity. Yeah. And they, I think there were some of those cues that they missed, but they weren't educated to yeah. look for them. So you know, I don't put any, I don't put any blame in my in my parents. They didn't do anything wrong. I think we just, I I'm now as a parent, I'm more educated maybe yeah. to look out. For you know, for signs with my children, especially because of my past as well. I, I think that as well. My mm. daughter, I think if I ever saw the signs of my old, the old me, I would know what to look for. I think mm. it's a bit of a privilege to have that. Idea. Absolutely, and and you know, we live this life of self-reflection. We con constantly inventory ourselves and our thoughts yeah. and our behaviour. And a big part of that for me, being a parent, is to re constantly review what didn't work for me as a child yeah. growing up, and correct that with with my children. It, it is a privilege. I also, I also sometimes think it can be detrimental because sometimes I look at my daughter Freya, and I try and find things that are similar to me, like that, that aren't there, and then yeah. my head will tell me. Sometimes I can I can overthink it. Overanalyze it. it but yeah. We can also see the signs, can't we? Yeah. I'd be glad if they weren't there in my daughter. Yeah. I, I don't look for signs of addiction. I look for signs of, aware, of where they need help with their esteem. Mm, being able to yeah. be sensitive. I, yeah. I can see okay. my daughter sometimes. I can see she's going to be a little bit timid around. My cousins are really loud and she's, yeah. I can see it already. She's only eight months. But I can see mm. a little timid side there. This might be a bit of an overthinker. That's me overthinking about her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's just an overthinking household. They don't talk. They're all just sat there in thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So your upbringing then was, because mine and your upbringing was, was really, really good. We, yeah. had, we had everything. I really identified with the not feeling loved and wanting to be in someone else's family. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I always wanted to be that. around friends' houses and thinking, it's a hell yeah. Do you know what I mean? But back at home, I had such a loving family. And, yeah. Like, they both worked. And, you know, like, it was so normal. But everywhere else was so chaos. And I wanted to be there all the time. I, just, I had like, everything I wanted more. Mm. I like the way that you said it, you didn't have a way of receiving that love. It was yeah, there, yeah. But you struggled to receive it. Yeah. There was no it was getting in. Yeah. And, and as I, I understand what that means. Yeah. As I got older, especially when I got into recovery, my family, and this was not like early recovery, this is years into recovery, my family would still say to me, like, we love you, but you don't see that. Yeah. And of course, I would go, of course I see that. But now that I can receive their love, Okay, yeah, no, I just, I didn't see it. And do you know when it changed? When yeah. I had my children. Yeah. When I had my children, I saw how they loved my children. Then the yeah. penny dropped of, oh God, because they're, they're an extension of me and that's how they loved me. And it took a long time for that to change. So looking back now, do you see that you had many probably added traits growing up as a child before you even use the substance absolutely food be the first one yeah yeah from being i have an eating disorder as yeah. well as a um, drug addiction and uh not oh you know you, this takes hindsight doesn't it and, mm. and reflection that there was an issue with my food from from really kind of going on to solids yeah. it was right 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 there early early years 
fan. Was that weight? Is that because you worry about putting on weight? Is that or is... I think I don't think that was cognitive when I was small. It wasn't like a weight thing. It was more of a control thing. Oh, you know, okay. I won't eat that, and I won't eat that, or mm-hmm. I only eat those two things together. And then as I got older into my teenage years, where in puberty, where I'm more aware of how I look, mm-hmm. then it became a weight thing, and then food became. Um, form of self-soothing so there was a lot of unwanted eating and then I had with a lot and drugs work brilliantly for this for a time is anorexia and and restricting so and it wasn't until I got clean that that's when my eating disorder just exploded we do hear a lot of people struggle with food don't we Yeah. yeah Because it's yeah. probably like, a, they call it like a substitute, isn't it? Massively so. I, I had to go back to rehab. I did another primary care treatment for my eating disorder. I find yeah. once one addiction is under control, or I think it's under control, it manifests somewhere else. It seems to sort of try and break out in me in other ways. Yeah. Uh, whether it be the gym, with food, with me yeah. as well, with spending or buying, or, or just mm. being obsessed over something I want to buy, not even buying it, just yeah. the obsession over thinking, I want to get that this year. Mm-hmm. And um, when it comes to it, I get it. It's just mm-hmm. really obsessive thinking over it. And sometimes I can think about it all day and it gets me through the day. And it's just, it's going to be something really yeah. daft like. Life of an addict's very draining. It can be draining. Anything that is going to impact yeah. how we feel, mm. yeah. we have to be vigilant yeah. about, don't we? Yeah, yeah. have to be aware, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, what was Melissa like at school? What was school like for you? Like secondary school? You was, yeah, I can relate to that. Hell. I caused hell at school. <laughs> no, I, re- I, I didn't cause hell. I wasn't a naughty child, um, but I was horrifically bullied. Awfully, awfully bullied. Really bullied and that. Do you know why, why do you feel that was? Um, I think there was an incident. There was an incident that happened yeah. when I was um, fourteen. Yeah. Um, a very and I haven't spoke. My family don't know about this, so I won't. And they'll watch this this, um, yeah, this yeah. podcast, so I won't go into the no, details. No, that means so, yeah. um, but there was yeah an, an incident that happened when I was fourteen that was really really traumatic, and the way that people responded to me on the back yeah. of that incident was not in a kind and loving way, and the bullying. Um, really escalated to a whole nother level after that. And that's, you know, you have these milestones in your life and you can say, that changed the direction of my yeah. life. That was that was definitely changed the direction of my life. And I think, um, what sort of time was you at school? Was What year was, was this sort of in? Um, so, yeah, so like sec- second, third year into... So what would that have been the what's... Because back, I suppose, even when I was at school, bullied, if you were getting bullied, you didn't, mm. you didn't say anything. Yeah. Uh, it's different now. There's a lot more awareness yeah, around absolutely. bullying. But when I was at school, right, it was, yeah. you, you, they, they you didn't, didn't know. say anything. Then well, the staff didn't know how to deal with it anyway. And you, you, obviously, yeah. you didn't tell your there parents is, what you were going through. Uh, yeah, yeah. My family knew. I mean, um, how my school tried to deal with it was to, to save me from getting beat up after school. They would drive me home every night that that didn't solve anything i mean so when they stopped driving me home they were still <laughs> the bullies were still there waiting for me and they they absolutely terrorized me ter- ter- it was an awful 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 time yeah i didn't want i just didn't want to go to school and did you leave school at i left school at 16. the earliest opportunity, early opportunity. <laughs> yeah. had you used any substances at that point yeah, what age did you pick up um alcohol 
Sorry, I keep slipping off. Okay. Uh, alcohol was around 14. Yeah. And, um, was that on your own straight away? No. Or was that with? That was, you know, in the, in the park, yeah, social. Yeah, yeah. And we've all been there, we've we? all been there. Yeah. I think that's probably um, quite common for all of us. Eight Carlin's, five pound. Diamond white. No, you wouldn't get one now. There's certain um, drinks that you have that you just shudder at. Ten I'm sovereign. Oh. <laughs> remember, remember in the black packet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got memories from drinking that. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, they were alright. Mm. Can I call them a sovereign? I I you know, one there was one school disco that I drank half a bottle of sherry to thinking that the school noticed and they had to call my, my dad to come and pick me up. So it was the alcohol issue was there. Yeah. early it wasn't that I was drinking really regular but when I did drink there was no end to it unless yeah. I was unconscious in the middle right. of the road you, you wanted know, to get pissed pissed shit that is completely yeah. out of my tree whereas my friends maybe would have stopped after a couple I didn't stop until I yeah. was just unconscious yeah, I remember being yeah. sick pretty much every time I drank I'd drink yeah. that much yeah. my yeah. friends say he's always sick but I think yeah. I'd just drink that much that fast Mm -hmm. I like to just get out of here. Yeah, out of your head. Oh, yeah. I create competition in my head mm -hmm. that isn't there. Yeah. Like, I look at my mate and he's drinking, and I think he will walk more than me. Yeah, yeah, he, he, He's yeah. not even thinking anything. <laughs> I do it in my head. At that age, we never thought like it was just yeah. to stop any feelings or anything like that. It was literally yeah. like, let's just join in whatever else. Did alcohol help change mm -hmm. them? Did you feel. Yeah, because I'm you know, massively self conscious, particularly yeah. around the way that I look. I mean, I think that was a big motivator, a big driving thing for me in, in my um, teenage years, that I was, uh, you know, I was like the least attractive <laughs> uh, out of my peer group. And, yeah. and I went to a girls' school, which mm. I don't think helped. Um, and then the group of friends that I would spend time with out of school were the boys as well. And, and the boys would bully me as well, and a lot of their... Teasing, I mean, it's not te teasing, it's such a flippant throwaway yeah. comment. Like, it's like bullying and trauma and harassment was around the way that I looked. And when I was pissed, I didn't hear what you were saying and I didn't really care too much. And mm -hmm. the first time that I took a, a narcotic was uh, an, an E at 16. And what was your thought? Because mine, and I bet it was the same, mm. mine was, oh, this is what I've been looking yeah, for. Yeah, when I first yeah, took one, my ankles got hot. <laughs> right. I thought my ankles were on fire. And then that heat just kept going up and up. And then see how But what I'd like to always tag on to the end of that. For my own benefit is because my rave days for taking ease, I would I could sit here and go that that was that was like the height of my using. It was I felt loved up, I felt good, I was dancing, I was meeting people. But if I'm really honest, I had some really traumatic because I would black out all the time. Where I ended up one time coming round and I was in a car with a group of lads that I didn't know from a bar of soap miles and miles in Telford and I lived in Birmingham I mean you know that's like and I didn't know who they were and I didn't know how I got there you know I mean there was some and that was I've got like a whole string of 
And as a female, right, that's pretty dangerous. And if you find yourself in that situation again? Lots. Yeah, that, that, lots. That, that's mad, isn't it? Yeah, mm. lots. That's not fun when things happen to you that you either don't remember or, or scary you do remember. So I always have to remind myself that it wasn't as good. The, yeah. the drugs felt good, but all of the stuff that came with it was actually really dangerous. I used to have real bad downers after ecstasy, like no. real, like... Yeah. Probably one of the worst, actually, yeah. when I used to think, I don't really want to be here, you know, because yeah. like, I used to take so many for so long, yeah. like, for so many days. I remember taking them every day for 10 days. <laughs> like, me and my mate had a thousand each, we were going to take them to a festival. So we sat in the house, and a couple of them were coming in and out, but we took pretty much all of them. Mm-hmm. And after that, I'm so I'm so lucky I'm still here, because I didn't want to be here after that. Yeah. That's so shit. Can I just say in my day, because <laughs> I'm going to say this for all the people yeah. who are in my, in my day, one, he was that good, it would last you a week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> These were shit. That's <laughs> <laughs> like three at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And do you think like the terminology associated with these like party drugs and the racing, yeah. I don't think it, it helps. No, no, it, no. I hear, I hear it where we go to our meetings that they go, oh, mm. I was on the party drugs. Yeah. And I always like disagree with it because it sort of makes it okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With it, yeah. But, Got to be careful yeah. not to romanticise it. Yeah. So mm. using that term recreational drugs. Yeah. Know, I mean, what drug is recreational? Do you know mm. what I mean? Where not for people of, like us. No, anyway. no, yeah. Exactly. yeah. But um, I, really, I really get that. Do you know that the years were the first drug that I took. I was like, oh, you know, like I said, I'm here. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I've got there now. Do you know, like when drinking and taking weed and smoking, you know, all that. Do you know, when I took a knee, it was the first time I was like, this is what I'm here for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like my life had opened up to something mm-hmm. different. And then. And did you was... even know that you were looking for something? No. No, no I just took something yeah, and I thought, I've yeah. arrived now and this yeah. is what I'm supposed to do. And, yeah. and I didn't go a weekend without taking them for such a long time. Or a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One weekend is seven days long. Yeah, I know a couple of people who only took one and they're not, they died that night. Like, yeah. That yeah. just happens. Yeah. 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 I can think of two lads off the top of my head now. One of them was in a festival, he took one E. Mm. One of them took a couple, just overheated. Just, just died. Yeah. Nothing scared me about taking it. Like, 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 do you know, it's like, a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know, like, hearing them stories, mm. like, I heard them, I was in Liverpool and I heard there was these E's going around and don't take them. And it didn't scare me from taking them, I just took more. Do you know, yeah, like, yeah. it didn't bother me. And I think that was, you know, it's a bit frightening thinking like that. Do you know, I was not... always curious. If someone said that's not very good, I'd like, <laughs> yeah. what would it do to me? Like, <laughs> it's like if there was a big red button there to do not push. We, we'd heart. fall over it. <laughs> to try and push it first. All four of us would push it. Like, I couldn't not push it. And I think that is a, a trait in a lot of addicts. Yeah. yeah. Tell me not to do something. Well, I am going to do it. When I, was... when I was trying to stop drinking alcohol before, I had a couple of days coming mm. because alcohol ruined me for a while. Mm. And I was in shopping. And I was just in shopping. And I just, my head was all over the shop with the drink coil. And I was marching up and down this drink coil. I remember thinking, get out of this drink coil. But it was just so attractive to me, you know, just looking at all those bottles. Mm. I don't know why I was in there. You know what I mean? I shouldn't have been in there. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot like that now. I think was aroused. Yeah, I'm in the drink coil. Yeah. Like, I'm a naughty kid. Like, I know I shouldn't be here. My life mm. is just absolutely messed up. Well, I had a few little marches up and down. Most kids were in the dirty mud. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> you're, you're, you're talking about the hot pot. This one I was seven. Anyway. <laughs> so about 16, 17, 18, you were yeah. called it the racing. The racing. How long? How long did that go on for? Um. Well, I didn't. My my 
drugs were crack and heroin. Yeah. And I uh, took those, that was introduced to those in 1999. Yeah. So that was, mm. it was up until up until that point. So I was in my early 20s. Yeah. So, I mean, Is in, that when you first took crack and heroin, 99? Yeah, in 1999. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So from sort of being 16 to, my, you know, my early 20s, it did a lot of bass, a lot of speed, which killed my appetite as well. Yeah. So that really helped, drank, drank a lot. <laughs> Um, and and the so well it was my using was focused around going out. Yeah, yeah. working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I had a managerial post. I bought a house. <laughs> yeah, right, you know, I had a good salary, a career. I I, I owned my own And this was before you picked up crack. This was before I picked up crack. Mm, okay. And yeah. in terms of um, crack, and what come first was it? You smoke crack first or was no, it heroin? Heroin came first. Okay, yeah. and what, what sort of level? Do you, do you remember why or how that came about? The relationship that I was in. Yeah. Um, within weeks of being in this relationship, he um, gave me a spliff. Yeah. With smack in it. Yeah, yeah. And I was. He's head's fallen off though, yeah, he said, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. That's quite common yeah. though, that's when yeah, yeah, right. You know, I mean, I, I, I'd smoke weed, but I'm, it doesn't really agree with me. I tend to, like, giggle for five minutes and then I'm violently sick. So that was like, all right, well, I'll give it a go. And, um, what was it like when you smoked it? Do you remember that first time you smoked it? Was, it was horrible. I mean, I don't believe anybody who's smacked for the first time and goes like this. You throw, you, you throw up. You have to be like dedicated to push through it. <laughs> to push yeah, through you it. You keep going. You've got to work at it. You need to. Or you're being sick. Yeah, some more. I don't know why, why that happened, but that's the same itching, for most people. Itching, vomiting, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like taking a knee. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, like, it was a it horrible was, experience. Yeah, it was horrible, but that I think shows the sickness that I would push. Again. So not well, people. Because not, not well, <laughs> not well, because even though um, physically it wasn't great, on an emotional level, on a Lord. chattering, it's, that's, it's gone. Complete numbness. Yeah. I mean, my using went from from that that first spliff to fast forward like six months, and I'm sat in in a room. God, I haven't spoken about this stuff in. You know, I mean, this is a. I'm never far away from remembering this stuff. It's just not the shares that I tend to do anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm yeah. actually feeling this on an emotional level. Sat in a room with children who should have been at school yeah but they're users right they're drug addicts and they were better thieves than me so they've got more money sat in a room with a bin liner in the middle of the room having a hit on the crack pipe throwing up yeah. in the bin liner and then and oh, then yeah. chasing on the foil on my gear and then you know like with children mm. like taking it in turns to throw up in a bin liner that's in in no time at all like in a, that's in a, in a crack Mm -hmm. That's I've really seen good, yeah. sick, smoking sick. It's usually yeah. a sick bowl or a bucket or yeah. a pile on the floor. I've been, I've been to many crack dens, not using, because I used mm. to be a police officer, so I used to, used to raid crack dens. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I always remember being in there. And I, this is why I think we need to raise awareness, because mm. I used to look at them people and I didn't feel sympathy or empathy for them. Absolutely. I judged yeah. them. Yeah, I think that's why this project will be important because we yeah. need to try and change the way people view things. We have to see it as an illness. Yes, and 100%. people need compassion and treatment. Yeah. Mm.
we why would you choose to be lying on the floor? Yeah, you know, know I've, uh, my dream as a little girl was to be a, a princess, uh, an actress, and then join the army. None of those, those career choices, I'm not sure whether a princess is a career choice, <laughs> none of those career choices was I want to end up a crack and heroin addict, mm. you know, stealing chimneys from people's roofs and copper piping and using drugs with uh, with school children. I was talking about this uh, yesterday to someone um, about a family member, you know, just an active addiction, mm. and I was saying like, when when one of us dies, when an addict dies, people in in society usually say, well, you know, at least they're not in pain anymore, or you know, society will be a better place, or a few, mm. it's never like what we know happens. Yeah. You know, like it's not the choice for wake up in the morning and think, right, this is what I want to do in my life. I want to be all in a circle, spin, sick in a bit. Mm. Like, no one would make that choice, no. ever. No, ever. no, exactly. But then, people who are non addicts don't. And, and they're not meant to understand it. Why would they? We fund a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us fund our habit through stealing for, in benefits, um, stealing from other people. So we're expecting uh, like the muggles, the non-addicts, to show us compassion and love when they're on the receiving end of our crime, our yeah, criminal yeah. activities. And so it's a, it's a big stretch, it's a big leap, and yeah. it's a big ask of what we're, what we're asking for. But we need to get more recovering addicts out there because then we can say, look, I mean, I'll take myself as an example. I've gone from, I'll steal, I'll burgle your house, I'll nick your handbag, to now my focus is about contributing to my community, whether that's within like my fellowship, my family, my street, um, the country, the yeah. world or whatever, you yeah. know. And I, I bring value now in everything that I do. So it's worth you showing me compassion because give me a few years and I'll blow your mind with what I can give back, right? But, the, but the, the, we're not following the journeys to see that. Yeah. I think that's really important what we're doing as well, isn't it? Like, we want anyone that we're trying to help, we want to help them get back into society, give back, go back to work, you know, all them sort mm -hmm. of things rather than just get sober, get clean and that's it, you know, not give back to anything, you know, yeah. we're here about... See, most most yeah. people in recovery though, as soon as they get a bit clean time, they want to give back. Yeah. Yeah. They want to be a service. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Some of the most kindest people I've ever met, um, I think. Where does an addict get clean and then doesn't want to help someone else get clean? I've yeah. noticed that. I probably know of like one or two that's got clean for cheers and walked off, but they are very, very rare. It's weird because yeah. some of the most rare. selfish people around mm -hmm. are also some of the most conscientious people. That's right. Like what you said at the start, they're very sensitive. Mm. Very, yeah, very sensitive. Oh, I'm very sensitive. Myself, mm. I am anyway. But I could never let on I'm from a council estate. I've mm. been locked up before. You can never, you know, come out yourself and say, by the way, I'm really sensitive, so yeah, mind yeah. what you say around I think, you, from what you've told us, Miss, I think you suffer with very bad low self-esteem. Mm. And I, I can relate to that. Yes, I did, yeah. And I think, and I know Pete and Sam can relate yeah. to that, so I know their story. I mean, not now, though. Yeah, right? no. Yeah. But when I took drugs, yeah. I had esteem. Yeah, but it's yeah. all an it's, illusion. It's an all an illusion. It's you put it's um the armor, isn't it? You know, you put your armor on and and when we get clean with that armor, we need that armor more than yeah. ever before yeah. because we don't we're exposed to all of our feelings, all of the anxiety, all of the, the fear, but we just need to find 
other armour to, to other tools to, to learn. You know what I think the biggest tool is? Mm. Acceptance. Mm. The sooner you accept the things that you've done, the sooner you can move away. Because you can't forgive what you can't forget. I would say self-compassion is my biggest yeah. tool. Yeah. But you, yeah. Have, you, you have good self-esteem now. Yeah. So I believe, like, when you first get clean, my I did some stuff with my sponsor, and mm -hmm. we did a bit, a bit of bit of writing and, and I found out about self-esteem before I come into recovery I didn't know what the word meant I'll be honest yes. yeah, yeah. a lot well, of words I, I still don't it's know it's a hard it's another like I thought this is hieroglyphics yeah. here because yeah. it's a language I don't understand so I did this bit of bit of work on it and mm. it turned out my self-esteem was through the floor yeah and but you're saying now like how, um, if you don't want me asking how many years clean are you now from the my clean yeah. date is 2000 25th of January 2008 so I was 14 years clean January Brilliant. gone so we can build our self-esteem without using drugs mm. naturally yes with time yeah through work on yourself absolutely yeah. absolutely and I think the quick fastest route for for that is to be <coughs> in service to other people yeah. I think anybody I anybody who who knows me knows that I'm I'm self-assured um, I'm capable you know I'm quite fearless I you know I'm courageous I'm, I'm responsible there are um, there are still elements of insecurities around sort of my physical appearance that's mm. still there and uh, that I'm, it's a, I'm constantly working on that all the other stuff I can't not I can't go well that's done now you know it's like I have to maintain it. But I, last year I finished another year of therapy around my eating disorder because it was, I'd come out, I wasn't in recovery with that anymore after the birth of my, my second son. Um, and so I'm a really strong advocate for, for therapy as well. So that's something that needs um, constant work, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like my way of life now and the gifts that I get from that are like, they're rapid, you know, they're like bullets. You feel like Melissa's like, constantly evolving. All the time. And stationary. Oh my gosh, all the time. Even just from like six months ago, all the time. And it's like, it gets better. I That's get something better. we can do with the project, that yeah. constant evolving of individuals. Do you, do you yeah. think society today strives for perfection in the way we look? That massively so. And, so and I, I think it's. And um, this is what I'm really starting to understand is like, it's not just girls that are. Oh, really no, I'm sure you it's, it's the, not. It's no, the no, guys no, as well. It's, Definitely not. In fact, we just don't speak about it as much. That's right. It's probably yeah, more yeah. so with boys. Yeah. Like, I did, like, I put load, I can put weight on really easy. Yeah. I went up to like 17 stone. Yeah. And I saw myself on camera, like, you know, and I said, I don't like watching myself. Before the yeah. podcast we spoke, like, yeah. I listened to this podcast on audio. Because some days I hate what I look like. Yeah. But then other days I think it's fine, you know what I mean? Like, the first podcast we did, like, I had my glasses on, I got shaved, mm. and I. And my mate says, oh, you've got Paddy from Emmerdale on you. <laughs> and I laughed. And then yeah. I thought, after I thought, I'm too fat. <laughs> and the next one would come on. And I was like, yeah, I've uh, lost only two stone. Yeah. It's a massive thing. And it's just, I mean, I, I've gone through periods where I've had to cover like the mirrors up in, in, my, in my home. I've just, I've, I like training. Sam puts more memories. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell that. Like, I asked you guys, um, you know, before we started recording about you all look like you, you know, you train, and we were saying about how healthy lifestyles. Really, it's yeah. part of recovery, right? Isn't it? You know what you eat and mm. um, sleep and exercise and 
the images that I fill my head with, you know, I don't, I don't look at magazines, I don't watch like women in bikinis on pop video. Yeah, it's right because it's just with its perfect bodies and faces. I can't, I can't. It's just not good for me, you know. Mm -hmm. it, it messes with my my serenity. So now that my youngest has gone back to nursery, I've got the time to have gone back to training, and I'm, uh, my plan yeah. is. Um, to train four times a week at the gym, yes. and I've got a trainer, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I have four meals a day, two snacks, an extra meal if it's a day that I, I train. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like I'm really trying to take care of myself. Mm. And I, I went back on the first of February, and I trained last week in front of the mirrors in the gym, which yeah, yeah. like avoid mm -hmm. that at the plague. And I couldn't believe how my body is already responding to the exercise, how it's transforming, because I don't look at myself. I look at myself to put my makeup on, but I don't look at myself in the mirror at home. Because it's too painful. It's still mm. too painful for me to look at myself for length because I can't, I, I'm not there at the moment. I have been in the past when I was in recovery with yeah. body image issues, not there in the past to look at myself as a whole. I look at the small details and I find fault. So now I'm really focused on what is the purpose that my body's for. Mm -hmm. It gets me from A to B pretty bloody good, right? I mean, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've grown two children and I think that that's amazing. Like I grew them, my body did that, <laughs> like what a miracle. And I'm trying to just reframe what my body's for rather than it's meant to be this thing that is has no fat and it's just like really aesthetically yeah, yeah. pleasing. Well, I've, I've come off social media for about a year now, do you know, it's, and it's all to do with looking at how everyone else looks like, looking at what everyone else has yeah. got, you know, and I try not to look at that stuff because yeah. I'm just happy with what yeah. I look like. Yeah. I'm going to see Pete and Pete's looking big, do you know yeah. what I mean? I want it bigger, do you know, and then I'm, do you know, it's all down to that. In my using, when I, more so when I use, I'd look, I had a really bad crack addiction. Mm -hmm. And I used to take a lot of steroids on. And I know now that I have some kind of body dysmorphia going on. Mm -hmm. So I would be obsessed with uh, that I was ill. I have some blood-borne virus. So I'd be in the crack and I'd be smoking, using, but I'd also be injecting steroids. So yeah. the pinners would be over, you know, if they're in the room, they'd be injecting gear, but I'd be injecting steroids, steroids. right? So I'd get, but I would look in mirrors wherever I was, and I would see this, I don't know if it was mentally, I'd see this really thin, weak man, because I knew I was, Real, real bad into the crowd. Yeah. So once. I'm at 35 years of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it in my head that I had, you know, I was ill and I was dying and I was. I had a really, I've got a great doctor. And I, I don't really have to see him anymore, you know what mm. I mean? But he just so happened to work in it, it was with addiction and stuff. But I would go in there and I would demand the blood tests all the time. He'd be like, I'm not testing you anymore, Pete. Yeah. I, I am not. You do, there were always nothing wrong with <laughs> but I had it in my head that I mean, it was all linked to um, losing weight because I was on drugs, but then I'd take so much steroids and I'd end up losing it and I'd end up in prison. Yeah. It would be just this this cycle, it was uh, it was just crazy. Yeah. I mean, but I'm sure I had some kind of my body dysmorphia because yeah, I'm what sure. I was looking at, it weren't, it weren't true. Yeah. Now I can see it now, I can remember it. Yeah. None of it was true. I was so obsessed with... One guy said something to me before, um, I was in the street and someone said to me, you're not training anymore. And I knew what he meant. I, I was fucked. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've gone to the shop to get some fags right and I was, and I never forgot it. You know, words can be so powerful, can't they? Yeah. To a sensitive soul who's on drugs, who's already down on his luck. And I knew what he meant. He didn't really like me. You know what I mean? 
but um, that's what he meant. Like, you're not training anymore. Right, and it just killed me. Mm-hmm. I've never forgot it. I'm talking about it now. Mm-hmm. But it's like the, the, the stuff that these people would say to you at school, and it obviously affects us. You know what I mean? Being a bit of a sensitive soul, mm-hmm. you carry it with you, don't you? Yeah. You know, wherever you go. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And then I was in the relationship that I was in was really, really, really abusive. Mm-hmm. And uh, those were, you know, we picked the, with the weaknesses, and it would be the. The bullying in that relationship would be about my, you know, a lot of it about my physical appearance. Yeah, I thought like, when I got clean, <sighs> such a painful time. I just thought I was the most revolting <coughs> looking person so ever. Thing. So you only went into recovery. Yeah. I always like to ask our guests how they found the transition from using yeah. to being clean. Because for me, it's one of the most difficult experiences of my life. Yeah. yeah. People think it's easy, but it's not. How do you find that transition? How do you find recovery and how do you find the transition initially? So, uh, initially, I I had, as much as you can, some some balance, right? So, I'd gone from having nobody in my life except people that I used with to all of a sudden having this whole fellowship. Did you get overwhelmed at any point? I I find it overwhelmed sometimes. About being clean, about, about the, or just how you different from it was. Isolation to isolation. Yeah. Massive anxiety. Yeah. yeah. How did you deal with Well, that was, that was the you know, I put down the drugs and then I realised that there was, I'd got depression. Mm. There was bouts of depression that took me a couple of years to acknowledge it was something that was quite shameful for me. An eating disorder, mm. like I said, or oh, the body image issues, the relationship issues. Um, anxiety, yeah. like full-on anxiety attacks over, do I wash my hair today or not, you know, or I've got a meal plan that said buy chicken and I've gone to the supermarket and there's no chicken <laughs> and yeah, I'm having to phone just... people, or oh, what do I get? <laughs> and all the, all the skills that I had, I said to you, I had a career, I, I owned up my own home, right, but all these skills of paying bills on time that I had before crack and heroin, that didn't come back overnight. That took years for me to get, mm. not being responsible with with money, still spending time with like not people who were great for me. Yeah. That all took years. It was slow burning, chipping away at it. It didn't just not happen, not happen, year three, it happened. It's happening slowly, but it didn't happen overnight. But what was balanced with that was this, laughing with my mates and I've not had that I've not yeah. had company I've not had anybody who'd wanted to spend time with me the good feelings the good feelings yeah. I had the good feelings as well and that's like really important that I did have that balance what I suffered with with most of my 14 years was up until I would say nine months ago a year ago with this therapy that I have which changed everything for me significantly with what my therapist gave me was a low mood a low a low mood i would couldn't understand why i wasn't feeling like more content and really happy because i'd got everything that i'd ever wanted like i wanted children i wanted to be a mom and i'd got that and i couldn't understand like cognitively i could see i've got this i've got everything i've got this amazing life but i wasn't feeling it on an emotional level and I still needed a lot of help with some core beliefs about about myself so it did that that transition was hard yeah it was like the brilliant the best time did you, ever, did you relapse I've never relapsed did you get to rehab yeah 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 how long were we there for um so I 
got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After, never relapse, yeah, no, I never relapsed. And if you work a program, I think this uh, you can get sort of through most things. Yeah. Um, in the early days, let's face it, you don't have that that skill set to deal with like really big emotions. And I understand why people relapse when there's huge course, trauma yeah, or grief course. in their life. Um, what about I, if a girl doesn't text you back for 10 minutes? That, no, that's like... I that's, used to relapse on that. Yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> Is that huge emotional trauma? Uh, no, it's <laughs> my... my you, yes. <laughs> I'm just to it now. My, my, uh, my recovery is sort of categorised by uh, unrequited love. Yeah, so that's been the most... Like, I know rejection like no other. I don't know, I think I've been right with it. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a room for you, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if I had a pound from this for high care, and I think you're a really nice lad, but. And yeah. friend zone. Uh, I reckon yeah. I'm a hundred pounds. When I read that first sentence now, I don't bother mm. carrying on because I know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to like and um, we're super sensitive you have yeah. to grow a thicker skin for like to be in the dating scene well, you have is. to yeah, yeah, I'm used to it now, yeah. <laughs> I almost like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a masochist as well. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. I never read past a book. What's the point? Just move on. You mentioned yeah. the programs. Your belief is in the program, isn't it? I mean, like, that's... You know, we talk a lot about find um, a higher power. Yeah, and yeah. that's what uh, my... My twelve-step fellowship is my higher power. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can tap into um, nature and uh, the, the great outdoors or good orderly direction rather than God. Um, great outdoors, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can feel something, you know, yeah, yeah. on a feeling level. When I was really, really, really lucky that I lived in South Africa for seven years, oh, which is one of the most beautiful countries with the most beautiful people that you could ever possibly wish to, to meet in this mountain ranges there and you like you yeah, can yeah. feel it like this is just there's something other than me like this is really big and really yeah, powerful you no, funny enough, you don't get it. 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 But my that has for me no human characteristics. Yeah. Like that cannot come down and relieve me of my impatience or me being judgmental or you know me being like really frustrated. When I heard about the meetings, mm. I I thought that they were all um it was it was. Or God. God's word. God's word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it put me off going. Absolutely. It does with people that think, yeah. oh, bunch of Christians and they're going to try and. So I'm not religious. That's no, okay no, to say that. Like, that's my yeah. point of view. Yeah. Some it's, people believe in God. It's so. just similar to yours, isn't it? With, mm. with just the program, like. Yeah, so it works brilliantly yeah. as this is living. That's what my spirituality, mm. yeah. I, I'm now doing something I couldn't do on my own because mm. I've applied programs in my life. Absolutely. So I believe in that. Yeah. So that's spiritual in itself. Yeah. I have belief in that. Yeah. So I've carried yeah. some good on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry. I think I was just going to say exactly the same yeah, what I said, but do you know, like, for me, my life was a mess before coming to meetings, mm. do you know, and then my life got better from going to them. So that is something to believe in. I don't need to believe that there's something else. I just need to believe that everyone that does this, it works yeah, for you. Yeah. But this um, is common. We, we know. That's my power. This is watch. We know a few people with strong recovery, with years clean, who live a very happy life. Mm. And what they do is 
it's work program and it works. They say, look, I believe, do you, do you I believe still, in the Do you still make mistakes? Oh, all the time. I, I made the I most reckless decisions you'd ever see. I don't see them as mistakes now. Yeah. I don't... The, having the program as, as my way of life, you know, having these set of spiritual principles of a, a guide to how I live, for every life hurdle that I have, there's a step or a tradition that I can use, that I can apply, that's going to get me through it. So I'm, I'm, like, I'm pretty responsible. I don't make, tend to make sort of reckless decisions now. Do I make mistakes? I don't really call them mistakes. I just It's just a decision that I've made. I, I'm at a crossroads. I can either go that way or that way. I've got faith in myself. Whatever path I choose, I'm going to get through it clean. I'm going to try my best. And if it doesn't work for me, I'm going to ask for help to get me to another place that I need to be. I don't yeah, really buy into this. I don't buy into mistakes. I think if we... Because then I can... I can be like paralysed with fear of, I'm going to make a mistake if I'm at, and then yeah. I don't make any decisions. Oh, I find that in the, in the meetings, it's like you can't do anything without being um, jumped on. But then again, I do make the wrong decisions, so but it may come up. Right. Did you, have you learned from them though? I mean, no. No, I don't mean like, have you learned from them and then next time doing something different? I mean, have you then, you've, you've done something and it's caused you pain yeah. and then you can look at that with your support network yeah. and say, what have I learned about the way that I think? Yeah. And why do I think that way? Why do I feel that way? And why do I behave the that way? Aware of decisions. Yeah. 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 So if you learn, if you've learned something, you're empowered, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you then repeat it ten times. Each time you're yeah, learning you're something, and you're, and you're in, and you're empowering yourself. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at things. Fear and pain. My biggest teachers. Mm. The, the the things that have brought me most pain, especially in recovery, the, the ones that really or took me out of the room mm. since that's happened to me before, or, or, or really, really, really. Like spiritually ruin me. They have been the best teachers to me. You know that will change, and it will skip over that. You will find that you can learn. My experience, not my experience, that I can learn and change because of the gifts that it brings me. Yeah, of, yeah. of that desire to want to do better, yeah. be be better, think healthier, like myself more, yeah. show myself more compassion. I have goals that I mentor you know, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I have a really 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 strong sponsorship family we're, we're like we're huge you know there's probably about Good. 50 mm -hmm. of us now in this in this family and I say to them all the time all you need to do is have a good relationship with yourself and the basis of that is self-compassion and if you do that everything else all of your shortcomings all of your defects yeah will just fall into place to be more spiritual behaviours in spite of yeah. you. You just have to have a relationship with yourself. And if you're only driven by fear and pain, that doesn't bode well. And it will change because, like, you know, it's, yeah. it's uh, early years for me, it's like yeah. 13 years. Things changed at 13 years. <laughs> You know, they say, don't give up five minutes before yeah, the miracle. Yeah. My miracle took about, like, 13 and a half years. Well, I've got about 12 yeah. and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> and now I feel like I'm much more driven by self-compassion. Yeah. I feel like whenever I feel rotten inside, mm. and I'm, you know, like, if I feel shit inside, mm. I project it outside. To, to The whole world is just a bad place. You know? yeah. If you feel shit, you, not that it rarely happens, but when, it, when I'm aware, hang on a minute, someone's going, all right, when I mentioned earlier, like, I had back pain. And it made me feel really, I was really, but I was just being shitty. I've been, you know what I mean? You project inside outwards, don't you? And I think everyone feels like you. Yeah. I can't speak for everyone, but human that's... Human nature. Yeah, human nature. Yeah, sure. You're rotten inside, you like mm -hmm. to project a bit. Ultimately, yeah. we're human beings, and 
they are, mate. Yeah. So we're never going to be always going to be flawed. Yeah, you know, otherwise. Yeah, and I say to my, I say to my my the girls that I'm I mentor, you know, I say if if you're not asking for help at least twice a week, then there's a huge part of your program that you're not tapping mm -hmm. into because when we're asking for help, I'm reaffirming to myself that I'm, I am not cured of this illness, and B, I'm a human being, like I'm imperfect, you know, and it would be not a good place for me to start to think that I'm, I'm like, I've got perfection, you know, I'm not, like, I haven't, I'm a human being, and I never will. And asking for help isn't always this um, big emotional trauma, like for me it would be somebody not texting me back, but it might just be, like, I just need somebody to just talk to today about what I saw on TV last night, just something else, you know, and asking for help is doesn't have to be these big grand gestures, it can be something that's really small but turns out to be very significant, because it gives you that connection with another yeah. human being. And asking for help is sometimes difficult, isn't it? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. So you have to put your big girls' pants. On. <laughs> <laughs> pride, pride will keep you sick sometimes. Very much so. Pride will keep you yeah. sick. So how? What's Melissa like today? How is your life today? Is it, are you okay. in a much, much yeah. better? Are you happy place? Oh, now? It's like I just can't help but smile. <laughs> I say this like really. I don't want to seem like um, contrived when I say this. This is really genuine and really, really comes from a genuine place. I am. Constantly throughout my day, blown away by the life that I've got. I can't, I just like, I feel like I'm always brimming with gratitude for what I've, for what I've got. I'm, I experience more happiness than, than not. I have a really good, strong sense of self. I have a, a profound respect for myself. And I have two amazing, wonderful children. You've got, <laughs> you you got, you got two young boys, haven't you? I do. How, how yeah. old are they? Um, Day is six and Bertie is two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm, I'm just, I feel like really content and really happy. I really, you know, we, you know, we, band, we band around all the time, like life beyond our wildest dreams. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in my head, I go, well, I haven't got that. <laughs> uh, I don't feel like that. I honestly do feel, I do feel like that. And uh, a, a lot of that, I have to say, that's because I'm a mum. That was, I think my life would be very different if I hadn't have been blessed with that. And most of, I got pregnant when I was eight years clean. So that was a long time, like, clean to not... Can you imagine being a mum and using? It's, it's so, so relevant, I, I, isn't it? It's... I mean, I, I'm presented with it all the time. Yeah. With what I hear in, in, the, in the fellowship, and I'm so grateful that I had... I'm so grateful that I had my children when I feel um, like a grown up. Yeah, I had my daughter, King. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I'm so, I'm so glad that happened. Then, oh, I no, never, like, it was horrible. Yeah, yeah. and that's, horrible. that's the story I hear. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Because we know if you're on drugs and you have a baby, doesn't mean you're going to stop taking drugs. No, it's, no. Just, it's just not that. That's how I know that no human being can, can stop me taking no, that's drugs. Right. That's yeah. right. My son, I don't know whether you guys know, but my, my youngest son has Down syndrome and he also um, needed major seven hour open heart surgery when he was three and a half months old. So I spent pretty much the first six months of his life living in hospital. Yeah, and um, especially during his, he's also been in neonatal intensive care for a significant amount of time as well. When we were in Birmingham Children's for his heart operation, 
I would see people outside school. You know, birds of a feather flock together. You can spot them, can't you? They're there waiting for their dealer. And the gratitude that I had yeah. that, that I didn't have to do that because I would have... I'd have still been there, right? I'd have still been at the hospital. That I would have done. But I would have constantly been scouring of whose purse I could nick out of the handbag because that was, that was what I did. Yeah. Know? That was one of the things that I did. And I would have been in the toilets using. I'd have been outside waiting for the dealer. The constant stress of, well, where am I going to get the money from to, like, to, to score? Yeah, yeah, I just wouldn't have been present there for yeah, him. And how's Bertie now? Is he He's great. I mean, he's just amazing. He's gone through a lot of adversity, though, hasn't he? Oh, he really has. Yeah, he really has. It's been difficult for you as as, as a mom. Yeah, because, like, you know, you don't know whether your child's... I didn't know whether he was going to to survive. And so that's, like, next next level. But this is why I I stress so much about asking for help, because by the time... I, 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 I was very lucky. I had Bertie's diagnosis when I was about 13 weeks pregnant, so I had, like, loads of time to prepare for it and because I'd had all those years of practice of asking for help asking for help connection with others don't isolate reach out it was just something that I just did Mm. and my sponsorship family everything that I share with my family with the people I have shared DNA with I share with my sponsorship family as well and that's a real like core um, support for me so they have very much walked this journey with me of so you've got a good network of support there amongst oh, females. Massive. We don't really have that though, with yeah. males, do we? I've never heard of that. Response family for men, yeah. No. I'd say I'm probably well, the one that drives it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I'm the one that, that drives I would hope that if anything happened to me, um, would... somebody would t- take over that. But I, I'm just really, really passionate about um, people experiencing some contentment in their, yeah. in their yeah. life because it's... Because it's there in every meeting you go to, you get yeah. given the tools. It just takes time. It just take. It just well, takes time. I, I feel that. Like I talk to a lot of newcomers, and what I want for them most is to feel the peace I feel. Exactly. That I get from exactly. um, from the program mm. from being. But you know that's not going. That's going to yeah. take time, isn't it? It's just yeah. keeping yeah. them there for a long time. It's like time. knowing something that they're going to get, but they've got yeah. to wait to get it. So yeah. they're like. Oh, you know, I don't really want to put this much work in, in other words. But I know, in my heart, you're going to love it. Yeah. So I sort of press for it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I don't carry them, by all means. Yeah, no, I don't no. baby them. We know what happens when that happens. Yeah, yeah. But I do press a bit, you know, yeah. for them to attend meetings and, and yeah. for, to get involved because once they get this piece, they never want to lose it. That's right. I sponsor 10 girls, you know, and, and oh, um, they all, they all, like... I don't imagine some of them sponsor people. Yeah, like I say, you know, they sponsor the people. That's I how think it works. I know WhatsApp group now. There must be there must be 45, 50, Is it going 50 all girls. Have you got any questions now? No, no, I don't. I tell you when I when I tell my favourite but I just it just it fills me with joy. And the things that I really like are so. Not everybody has. Uh, you know, I'm single, right? I'm single. <laughs> so not everybody um, has the like the luxury of like going home to a significant other and chatting about their day or or look what I've cooked, isn't that? Oh, nice? I don't run your mum's life. <laughs> so we provide in our family group. 
we provide like that so the girls it's not just about messaging the group when you feel shit it's about messaging them when you've got something really nice yeah. to share so you know Bertie fed himself with a spoon for the first time I share it with the girls you know because the I don't I'm really close with Bertie's dad he's my best friend in the whole in the whole world but he lives in Surrey you know so he's not there all the time and the girls give me that so there will be a picture of somebody's meal yeah. <laughs> when I turn it by and that's great right because isn't that what family give each yeah, other yeah. And, and what yeah. I learned in, in, in maybe we could do that with the project we could have the parenting thing about you know yeah. got families that love us but didn't quite feel like mm. you know you fit in yeah so i find one of the biggest gifts that we find in our fellowship is you will find people who parent you mm. So even if I'm lucky, I come from solid family, you know, they, they love me, that doesn't always happen. Mm. And there's people who suffer terrible neglect and, and abuse and trauma. But but you're okay mm. because you will find a family mm. in in a fellowship that will that will parent you and that's what we do. I parent people who are older than me. You mm. know, I mean that's what that's what we give each well, other. I understand isn't it? that sponsor um you know, sometimes the feeling of a father figure a little bit, yeah, in some ways, um, a bit of guidance because like you're boundaries, yeah, you show love and, um, and guidance. And the, the females, with, yeah, but mothering, yeah, you know I mean, not babying, but, but no, mother figure, you know, yeah. like um, a guidance, yeah, a guidance oh, so place steps, of safety, guidance life. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, safety. So, definitely. I think we will. Well, I'm going to finish on this in a minute. So, I'm at home listening to this, yeah, I'm, a, I'm on drugs, I'm life in disarray. What message would you give them, people listening who are struggling around addiction? What would you like to say to them, people? The reason I stopped using, the reason I got clean was because I couldn't believe that a human being was meant to be this unhappy. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't believe. I could. This just. It can't be right. It can't be right for a human being to feel so sad and unhappy. There's help out there. That feeling of being disconnected and sad and unhappy, let us help you and we will change that. And you can feel that change. You don't even have to be clean to feel that change. We'll help you get clean. We'll help you stay clean. Just get help. Therapy is really, really important as well. We've got loads of trauma, a lot of us, that needs unpacking by a professional who knows what they're, they're talking about. But that those feelings that you've got, they can change really, 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 really quickly. You know, saying about, oh, like my, you know, it's 13 years before I feel this good. I felt good day one. Mm-hmm. It's, they're slow increments, but I felt better every day, each year. It's got better and better. It will change. And the help is out there, isn't it? Help is out there. <clears throat> my first year for me in my recovery, it was like the best year. Do you know what I mean? I weren't yeah. doing what I was doing. Do you know anymore? Like, I was doing it wrong then. Like, <laughs> but it was yeah. new. Do you know like yeah. what the pain that I was in, I just wasn't in anymore. I was felt like I was living again. Do Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Do you know, so get your feelings back, mate. Yeah. yeah, that's still mad though. <laughs> I, was, I remember picking up year to hearing up, and I messaged a few people privately and said. How did you feel when you picked up your first you know, year keyring? And one of the guys went, still completely insane. I thought, <laughs> <"Sound>. <laughs> <laughs> just me though. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
I still feel that way now. So if people are out there listening who are struggling, they can get in touch with us. You can find us on Facebook by searching the Dynamo Project. You can find us on Instagram, funny enough, by searching the Dynamo Project. And we've got a lot more information coming up. So we went to the house last week, didn't we? It's, yeah. it's coming on really well, so that'll be open in, in July. So we'll be able to take referrals soon and, mm. and hopefully try and make a little difference where we can. Well done, guys. What you're doing is amazing. This podcast is on Spotify as well. I listen to it on Spotify. Spotify is on Apple Podcasts, it's on Anchor, it's on YouTube where you can view it, but you can listen to it audio only. And this particular podcast will be released on Friday. What's the date on Friday? 25th? 25th on Friday, so um, we'll give this to Bernard now and he'll have a week of editing and <laughs> getting it all jazzy for us and that'll be yeah. really So, Lisa, thank you so much yeah. for coming on. Thank you for I, thought, I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, thank, thank you for being honest and whatnot. So, um, is there anything guys want to add or you're right just to. Uh, no, we're good. Yeah, all right. we're good. Okay, so see you on the next one. Thank you. Try to catch me howling at the moon.